Hey everyone, I'd like to welcome you to A Plus Quarantine Quality's first ever episode over the trouble in meeting the demand. My name's Ashley, I'll be your first host, and I'm excited to introduce you to all of our hosts and tell you a little bit about them, as well as what we'll be talking about today, um, which in particular is how COVID-19 is affecting the different levels of the animal protein industries. First, let's introduce everyone. Like I said, I'm Ashley Joy. I'm a sophomore at OSU. I'll be a, I'm majoring in animal science with a Priva option. Um, I'm interested in livestock, have been for my whole life, uh, Lord knows, and hopefully I can become a large animal vet to help the ag industry in that way. I have a background in the swine industry for majority of my lifetime. I've been working with pork, um, and I'm the secretary of the OSU Swine Club currently. Uh, next, we have Rietta Marchant. She is a junior at OSU. She's majoring in agribusiness with an emphasis in farm and ranch management and minor in animal science. She grew up on her family's cattle ranch in Washington State and is currently on the 2020 meat judging team at Oklahoma State. Next, we have Mason Taylor. He's a senior here at OSU and also an entomology major. He's interested in conservation and biology, and he's always been a working hand with several different species of livestock animals. Finally, Charles Rosan, he's a sophomore at OSU. He's majoring in animal science with a business option, and he's grown up his whole life on a registered Angus farm. So he's surrounded himself with a lot of beef. <laughs> so as you know, COVID-19 has been the topic of the discussion lately. COVID-19 has really rocked everyone's world with these stay-at-home guidelines. It certainly has for me, at least. But with these stay-at-home guidelines, I still find myself at the grocery store always on the hunt for food and those quarantine snacks that I like to munch on while I'm watching some Netflix all day. <laughs> so the other day, as I was walking down the aisles, I found myself shocked. The meat prices have certainly gone up, and the product on the shelves have certainly gone down. The shelves are completely completely vacant in some areas and I'm sure I wasn't the only one running into this issue so I turned on the news and found out that as the number of grocery trips have increased by 39% this past month so has the demands for those ne like necessary groceries such as pork beef chicken etc pork in itself has gone up 101% this past month beef 95% and chicken 70%. So with this increase in demands, of course, shortages are going to happen. Even packaging um, and processing plants are even warning about these upcoming shortages. With that industry, the whole meat and protein industry just being ripped um, of its products, the complete opposite is happening in dairy. There's not an empty shelf in sight. In fact, they're dumping milk because they're producing way more than what is um, being demanded by con consumers. So uh, me and my hosts, my other co-hosts, have found this topic to be surely interesting for the agriculture industry. And um, we just wanted to dive a little deeper into the protein industries and see how COVID-19 is affecting those. So upcoming, what we'll be talking to you about today, Charlie is going to be talking to you about how COVID-19 is affecting the producers of the protein industries, in particular, 
the swine, dairy, and beef. This includes the prices and what may happen in the near future. Next, Rita is going to be talking to you about how COVID-19 is affecting the kill plants. So processing plants and um, how some of those may be shut down or um, reducing some of their staff. And finally, we'll be handing it over to Mason to talk about how consumers will be affecting this way from the kill plants and um, from the producer's standpoints. And then Mason will be wrapping this episode up for us. So I know we're all extremely excited to get into this, so I'm going to go ahead and let Charlie take it over and talk to you guys about the effects of COVID-19 on producers. Thank you. Hi, I'm Charlie Rolston, and as Ashley told you, I'm going to tell you about how COVID-19 is affecting producers of the animal protein industries. So the three main uh, points that I have, or the three main areas that I think it's affecting the most were, or I found interesting, was the beef producers, how they're being affected, uh, swine producers, and then uh, dairy producers. Um, so uh, this is what I found to be uh, the effects on beef cattle producers as far as goes the price and futures of uh, the market. So according to Ag Pulse, NCBA... President Marty Smith said, after weeks of striking disparity between box beef price increases and declines in both the cattle futures and cash prices, we fear this trend could have devastating long-term impacts on cattle producers. So, in a nutshell, what Marty Smith is saying to us is that uh, everybody's inside. Everybody wants hamburger. Everybody, but these kill plants are not open or closed down for weeks, so... uh, I mean, there are the cows to be slaughtered to fill the demand, but the, 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 these plants are not able to take the numbers. So, you know, one week, um, I know my family, we raise uh, beef cattle. We're a beef cattle producer, go figure. And uh, so it's kind of been a roller coaster. Like one week we'll take call cows, with eighty, and you can get 80 cents a pound, which is really good for call cows. They're ready. You don't have to feed them. They're ready for hamburger. They're ready to go on the shelves. They just need to get slaughtered. And, uh, but then the next week they're bringing 50 or 30 cents, which is not that good. So, I mean, this fluctuation is like crazy because nobody knows what to think and everybody's scared. So like, it's just not sustainable, uh, long-term, for uh, American beef producers, you know, the price is going up and down, up and down, and nobody knows what the future holds at this point. But due to this fluctuation and this roller coaster rise, producers and feedlots are uh, sitting on cattle that should have either been slaughtered or sent to the feedlot, or um, because they knew they thought they were going to make this much money and they had this much money in feeding them and developing them and buying them or whatever, what have you not. And if they send them off now to either feed or get put on feed or to get killed, they're going to lose their tail on them. And, like, so they're having to hold them and hoping that times are going to get better. But, I mean, I don't even see that. Even if prices were to go up, there's going to be so many cattle that should have already been killed. It's uh, It could flood the system in a way because when, when there's so many cattle getting pushed at these plants and so much – uh, beef being put on the shelves like that it drops beef prices and it drops what they're willing to pay for cattle so that's not good 
Um, that's not a good way that uh, COVID-19 has affected the beef cattle producers. Uh, next, I want to tell you about how it's affecting the swine producers. According to Brian Greta, editor of Pro Farm Newsletter, producers can slow weight gains as much as possible through maintenance diets, but that's about it. So what he's trying to tell us and what he's saying is because swine plants are shutting down and everything, uh, swine producers are having to say, they're coming to the swine producers saying, look, we can only kill this many. So you're basically going to have to cut like your production in half and double the amount of time or extend the amount of time you can feed these pigs as long as you can. But only, that's only good for a limited amount of time because even with a limited diet, pigs are still going to gain weight. So it's uh, it's, so it's kind of like, you know, it it's, it's going to slow things down for a little bit. But, you know, it's crippling the swine producers because they're not able to produce the maximum amount of swine in the quickest amount of time that they're like, planning on like when you go buy a farm or a tractor or a piece of equipment or uh or when you pay for these animals or whatever you're 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 making payments in any way shape or form uh producers are thinking look you know like i can produce this much in this amount of time and make this much money so with this COVID 19 the the uh the swine producers are having to to um adjust how much they're how many swine they can produce and raise to uh to to meet to coincide with the kill plants or whatever and everything and it's really it's not sustainable because nobody plans for uncertainty and the third uh thing that COVID-19 is affecting is dairy producers according to the world economic forum the dairy farmers of america have asked farmers to dump their milk now what's this saying this is crazy i mean to think about because i mean if you think about it dairy producers make money by selling milk not by dumping it out I mean, that's crazy that's like dumping money down the drain right well we got to step back and think about it so i know from personal experience that dairy prices aren't very high right now anyways before COVID 19 and i know that a lot of dairy producers uh if you don't have a lot of cows with the way prices are now it's hard to make money and make payments um so that's, I mean, it was already not very good. And another thing to think about is, um, so like, you know, when I went to elementary school and high school and middle school, you know, they always had milk. And the reason that was uh, put in is uh, I think it was like a federal thing that was signed in to basically give a floor price to uh, milk and dairy producers was uh, through the school lunch program. And so like public schools aren't in session right now, which is kind of crazy to think about. So there, there's, there's lost demand there. But, um, so that's, you know, could be part of the reason why they're dumping milk, you know, even though there's a, uh, a demand for these dairy products in the grocery stores and a lack of some places. But I know that, uh, dairy cooperatives have gone up to the dairy producers and are like, if you don't cut, uh, your milk production in like in half or by this much, uh, the, these low prices that you're already low are going to get cut in half or worse. So you're going to lose lots of money. So while it's necessary for dairy producers to dump this milk so that uh, from keeping the, uh, the cash price from uh, cr- uh, crashing, uh, it's not economically sustainable for dairy producers. So basically, I guess the biggest outlook here on all three segments and even the poultry and everything, every any other animal protein producer, it's really COVID-19 has put producers in 
where look this is sustainability and this is where we're at now and we're nowhere where we have a great discrepancy and we don't know how we're going to fix this because nobody planned for COVID-19 and the way it was going to affect the uh, supply and demand and um the whole the whole sector of the animal protein industry and producers are having to suffer i think producers will suffer the longest term effect of this whole deal um so next is Riyadh is going to tell you about how COVID-19 is affecting the kill plants of the animal protein industries. Thank you, Charlie. I know a lot of our listeners are going to be really excited to learn about how COVID-19 has impacted our producers in the meat industry, both pork and beef. With y'all today, I want to talk about the shutdowns of some plants as well as plants that have started reducing staff at their locations, and then also kind of kill plants' role as a middleman between producers and consumers. I want to quickly introduce myself personally to all of our listeners today. Hello everyone, I'm Riata Marchant. I'm currently a junior here at Oklahoma State University. I'm majoring in agribusiness and minoring in animal science. And I've grown up on a cattle ranch my entire life, a small operation in North Central Washington. And I'm also currently on the meat judging team here at Oklahoma State. So I have a unique perspective on how COVID has not only impacted um, producers like my family, but also the end result in kill plants, which is what I'm gonna be talking to y'all about today. In an article by USA Today, it said that at least 2,200 workers at 48 different plants have been tested positive for the coronavirus. And attached to this article is a map from USA Today, and it shows the hotspots for coronavirus in different uh, different kill plants. And it's really cool. A lot of these are in either the Midwest or the East Coast, but there are some cases in Washington, which is where I'm from, and Idaho and California as well. I know I, for one, found it kind of almost shocking that some of the plants have started closing down due to coronavirus because the beef industry and the pork industry and the meat industry in general has such a large impact on our lives that I couldn't imagine, you know, them not being, you know, still open. And one of the plants I saw that had suspended its operations was in, was the Tyson plant in Columbus Junction, Iowa. This is a pork plant and their reason for shutting down was because more than two dozen workers had contracted COVID-19. And so they're just going to divert their livestock to other pork plants in the region. But that's pretty insane that, you know, especially in a place like Iowa, that uh, COVID is really prominent there. And another plant that has stopped their operations is JBS USA in Suderton, Pennsylvania. And a lot of their employees also started contracting COVID-19. And then lastly, Cargill in Hazleton, Pennsylvania, they have also stopped operations, and about 900 people work here, which is quite a bit for a beef plant, and they've stopped because some of their staff has unfortunately started contracting the coronavirus as well. There could be a lot of consequences to some of these plants shutting down as well. Um, if we shut down the plants, obviously our beef industry is going to kind of come to a pause. Um, some experts have said that you know we won't really see that big of a pause in the beef industry because we have such a large inventory but also some others say that there is going to be a pause and so it's just a give and take and depends on the sources where you read it at. To ensure that we still do have a significant amount of inventory in the meat industry, some plants have resulted to reducing staffing, which I think is a pretty good idea because it still keeps our inventory built up, 
but it also you know promotes social distancing. Since I'm on the meat judging tier, team here at Oklahoma State, I've had the opportunity to be in several different kill plants. Most of them have been beef, but I've also been in a pork plant. And especially on the fabrication floor where they fab different carcasses, it's going to be really difficult to maintain that social distance because the carcasses are kind of on a conveyor belt system and everyone's in close quarters, you know, they're maybe a foot apart at max. And so reducing staff, you know, there multiple people are going to have to take on several different jobs when they're used to just having one specific job or one specific role in that fabrication room. So with that being said, it's going to be hard to keep production the exact same, but hopefully we'll be able to still maintain that inventory at an okay level for our country. In Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Smithfield Foods, which is a pork facility, has revealed that they have some, unfortunately, some staff members who have contracted the coronavirus, but federal officials have been urging them to keep operating but just reduce this staff in order to promote the social distancing but also keep production almost as normal as well. And what's so interesting about the Smithfields Foods plant in general is that it's one of the nation's single largest hotspots with about 16% of their employees testing positive for the coronavirus and they have about 3,700 employees. And lastly, I just kind of want to talk a little bit about how kill plants really play the middleman role between both producers and consumers. So after the whole coronavirus blows over, beef plants may struggle to slaughter larger livestock once plants do reopen due to the sheer size of the animals and the quantity. I know from my experience judging that, of course, we have a lot of feeder calves that feeder cattle that we want to, you know, take to the kill plants um, at, a, at an ideal weight in order to optimize um, price. But when those bigger, larger cattle come into these plants, they're going to have a tough time um, slaughtering them just due to their sheer size. And then, of course, we're going to have, you know, we're going to be backed up um, with quantity as well. So I do think there's definitely going to be delay in catching up to full production capabilities because of COVID-19 between, you know, from the producers selling their cattle um, to, the, to the consumers buying them on the shelves of the grocery store. I want to thank you all for listening to my little segment today. For my sources for this little segment of the podcast, I used USA Today, The New York Times, and CNN. I hope that those of you listening have learned how kill plants have been impacted by the coronavirus. I'm now going to pass y'all off to Mason, who's going to talk about how COVID-19 has affected consumers of the protein industry. Thank you, Rihanna. Hello, everybody. My name is Mason Taylor, and I'm here to talk to you guys about you, the consumers, and how you guys are affected by this COVID-19 strain in the stores via, you know, finding protein finding all types of meat in the stores and, you know, the availability and the pricing about it. But before we get too far into it, I want to reiterate what Ashley said at the beginning of this podcast about me. I'm an entomology major here at Oklahoma State University, and I'm a senior with only one semester left. Hopefully, I'll be going into my master's and studying something that I really love. So my background in what I'm about to talk to you guys about is mostly through research, but I used to work for a rancher and in, you know, ranching backgrounds throughout my teenage years. Um, To start off this 
section, I'd like to talk to you about protein availability in the stores today. And if you've been in the stores at all, you'll notice that it's kind of scarce. It's harder to find these protein sources, you know, such as beef, you know, trying to make tacos at home or something like that. Um, if you come into stores later, you really won't find anything. But coming into stores earlier, they should have already stocked it up and you should be able to find these a lot easier. One of the reasons this is happening is because the, uh, the producers and the kill plants, as stated before me, are beginning to shut down due to you know, the loss of workers and trying to keep them safe and you know, keeping them at home. Um, this kills the availability. Also, people are wanting to stock up due to you know, them thinking they're gonna be home for you know, four or five weeks at a time due to isolation efforts and stuff like that. But my, uh, my second point is talking about pricing. And of course, as you can tell, prices have definitely gone up on all types of meat. And as I stated beforehand, before I talked about this, you heard about, you know, the kill plants and the producers shutting down. Um, this It's very high demand and low yield due to all of that. This makes prices skyrocket out of belief. And they're making stores buy it for more. Also due to companies having to pay workers that are on leave instead of having to fire them and making unemployment even worse. This also makes, you know, pork and beef and chicken rise up over 100% in a couple months. Um, so to end my section of this podcast and this podcast, I would like to restate, you know, the three things we've already talked about. One, we, start, we talked about how COVID affects the producers. Two, we've talked about how it affects kill plants. And three, this last one, we talked about how it affects you guys, the consumers. So I would like to thank everybody for listening. And on behalf of all of us who have made this podcast, please be safe out there. You guys have a good one. Goodbye.